Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. While you're taking your seats, you can take a Bible or your phone and go to Luke chapter 2. We are going to go from verse 36 to 38. And the title of our message is Anna and the Savior. We're in this series looking at four ladies that interacted or were around the Savior and just looking at the faithfulness of God through their lives. And I want to start by saying this, living, pos- uh, living long is possible for everyone, but living well is not accomplished by everyone. Do I need to say it again? Living long is possible for everyone, but living well is not accomplished by everyone. All you got to do is read the scriptures to realize that there's some people who didn't really live well. Go to go in the Old Testament. You run into a guy named Saul and his life. He just ruled by pride and selfishness. He doesn't live well. There's Samson who's ruled by his flesh. Whatever he feels, that's what he does. He doesn't live well. He makes a mess of his life. Then there's this guy in the New Testament called Demas, and it says that he fell in love with the world and abandoned the faith. You can live long, but it's really hard to live well. And here's the thing. What you do with your days is what you'll be remembered for. And that is why it's really good, and we should be grateful that God has given us this text of this woman, Anna, because she lived long, And she lived well, and what she did is what she is remembered for. And she is going to show us how, if we want to be people who live well, she's going to show us how to continue to do that. Is there anybody in here that wants to live well? I do. Look at verse 36. It says, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She lived long, but I hope you caught in the text that she's been through a lot. What is she called? She's called a widow. See, Anna, when you think about her life, it tells you she's experienced love and loneliness. She has experienced laughter and loss. But did you notice, though, that her love for, through all that she's gone through, her love for God is undiminished. Did you catch it? It says that she is at the temple worshiping. And what this tells you is you go, we can go through a lot in life and still stay devoted to God. There's a lot of people who go through a lot and immediately they're like, I'm off the ship. That's not Anna though. She's like, I've been through a lot, but even though there's all kinds of things coming at me, even though there's all kinds of pain, God is still good. God is still holding me, so I'm holding on to him. You can stay devoted to God. I want you to also notice that Anna is content. She's a widow. 
She has no husband. In this culture, do you know what they would have said? They would have told her something's missing from her life. There's some people who even would have said that she's somehow cursed because her husband died. And so in the middle of this culture, and don't you live in one that sows discontent? Isn't this a time of discontentment? You need more. No, you don't. It's just so they can get in your pockets. And in a culture that sows discontentment, here's this woman who is content. And you might be sitting there going, why is she discontent? How can she do that? If people around her are saying something's missing in your life, how can she be here worshiping God at the temple all the time? You know how she can do it? She knows she has God. If you ran into Anna up in Rexdale, she would have looked at you and she would have said, the Lord is my portion. I'm good. I have God. See, when you know you have the Lord, when you, you are good with God, when you're content with God, you, here's, how, here's what it is. You can go without what the culture says you need. And so many times we're like, why am I behaving like this? Why am I chasing after this thing again and again and again? And God's like, you have me. It's because you're not content with what you have, the gift of God in your life. She's like, I'm good. Here's this next thing. Through the trials of life, God is preparing us to minister to somebody else. Thabidiana Abueli says, can you imagine what a resource she would be to the younger women struggling with the desire to marry? 84 years, long time, no husband. What a resource she would be to the, to the younger women struggling with the desire to marry. Here's the southern. Or how she could identify with the grieving widows in the community. What a model of fruitful old age she is. Some of your best ministry is going to come later in life. You know that? Sometimes you're like, oh, God's not using me just yet in the ways I want. He's like, you're not ready. And the work that I'm doing in you is getting you ready to minister to somebody else. It says in verse 37, she did not depart from the temple. Now, it's not saying that she didn't, she lived there. You're like, did she have a room in the back? You know, the cousin in the basement? Not saying she lived there. What it's, t- <laughs> I had a couple cousins in the basement. What it's saying is she never missed the service. Anna's the kind of person that didn't skip church. I'll just let it sit with you. She was there fasting and praying. Do you know what she was praying? She's saying, God, send the Messiah. She's saying, God, send the Savior we need. She was fasting and praying. She deprived herself of something she wanted to take time to ask God to give the world what it needed. And what she did is she lived a disciplined life. Anna lived a disciplined life. And we can do the same. Here's how. We, do, we live a disciplined life by depending on the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Here it is. This is where, this is where self, uh, discipline comes from. Self-control. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces discipline in our lives. And right around now, everyone's like, you know, the new year's coming. I'm going to be disciplined. It's going to be, this is going to be different. I'm not going to do that thing I used to do. I'm going to change this habit here. And when you listen to them, you're like, everything you're saying is talking about how you're going to depend on yourself. And then January 6th rolls around. They're like, I'm not going to the gym anymore. 
Well, yeah, it's hard to get up at six o'clock every day and go. But when you depend on the spirit, that thing that you're planning on doing, that new habit that you're planning to bring into your life, he gives us the power and the ability to do it. That's why every day. You want to you set like a resolution? Because we do that around these times. You want to set a re- resolution? Here's one. I'm going to make this resolution to start every day by saying, God, fill me with the spirit. So I can do the thing that I'm planning to do. Because here's the thing. The temptation to be undisciplined comes at you every day. At, at my house, it, the temptation is always, always there to be undisciplined. Disciplined, undisciplined in our thoughts, undisciplined with our eyes, undisciplined with our ears. What are we listening to? Who are we letting speak into our life? Undisciplined with our health. What are we eating? Are we actually trying to get to the gym? Undisciplined in our spending. What have you spent? Should you spend it? Maybe return that thing. You don't really need it. They don't really need it. Verse 37 says so she was fasting and praying. This is a discipline we can all do. Fasting and praying. Maybe this year, that's what it is. It's a little bit more time. Fasting and praying. Doing what? Sending, saying, God, send the Messiah again. That's what she was praying. Send him the first time and he came. Now we say, send him Again, and you're like, Marv, why should we? Why should we pray like this? Why should we pray? Should we take time to fast and pray and say, Come, Lord Jesus, because all is not well in the world? Don't you feel it? Stevie Wonder, he catches it in a song called Someday at Christmas. Here's what he says Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys playing with bombs like kids play with toys. Someday at Christmas, we'll see a land with no hungry children and no empty hand. Isn't there a ton of hungry children and empty hands all around us? One happy morning, people will share a world where people care. Sometimes we look at the way people treat one another. Sometimes the things we we do ourselves to other people, and we're like, why are we, why do we behave like this? Why do we live this way? Our heart breaks for what we see people do to one another and what is going on in the world. He says, one happy morning, people will share a world where people care. Someday at Christmas, there'll be no tears. Don't you see tears sometimes? Don't tears run down your eyes sometimes for things that are going on? When all men are equal and none have fears, Maybe not in time for you and me, but someday at Christmas time, someday all our dreams will come to be. This is the world everyone wants. Everyone wants it. Even the people who think the thing that you're doing right now is a waste of time. They long for a world that is healthy and whole. They want it. And in their songs, even when they're not at the feet of Jesus, it flows out of their heart that this is what we want. This is the way we should live. This is the way things should be. This is the world that God has designed. But it's not the one we see. It's the one we want. And it's the only one and the only person who can give it is Jesus Christ. And that's why you are to spend your time not just focusing on yourself, but saying, come Lord Jesus, because what we're living in is not what God designed. 
It's not what he wants. It's broken by our sin, but our Savior will make it right when he comes. So why don't we pray it? Why don't we lift our voices to that? Why do we get so lost and wrapped up in the here and now in things and stuff and more and more power and influence? Why are we stuck in all of that? The things that we're going to leave behind. Why are we focused and praying on uh, for the right thing, the thing the world needs? Anna shows us the way to live well, to pray and ask for the king to come, to say, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. She was disciplined, and her discipline was rewarded. Her discipline was rewarded. Verse 38 says, and coming at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She is giving thanks. Because God answered her prayer. She said, send the Messiah. And he did. Luke 2 says, Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and placed him in a manger. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. She prayed and God answered. God made a promise. He made a promise and he kept his word. Do you see the goodness of God? If Anna had a chance to sing, you know what she would sing? All my life you have been faithful. All I have seen the goodness of God. And here's this lady, you know what she does? She expresses her gratitude to God. It says that she's walking around giving thanks, full of gratitude, making sure everybody knows I'm grateful for the thing that God has done for me. Again, she shows us how to live well. Do you express your gratitude to God? Do you realize how much God has done for you? Sometimes we don't, we don't settle into what our reality is. Again, we live, in a, we live in a culture that distracts us so much that we, the things that should be blessing your soul, you just, you just hear it and you're like, okay. For unto you is born a savior. Okay. I got you an iPod. Yeah! <laughs> unto you is born a savior, Christ the Lord. Okay. Oh, I got a Gucci belt. Yeah. The things that we're moved by the, don't you catch it in yourself? I'm talking to my own, we're moved by the wrong things. Oh, did the Nike pants show up from Sporting Life? Yeah, I really want them. Oh, but you have the king in your life. Oh, yeah. Moved by the wrong things. And that's why we don't express the gratitude in the ways that we should. And not always. Sometimes we get it right. But, but sometimes we got to get better at it. And let me give you some things as to why you should be grateful. If you haven't caught it yet. God gave us, you and me, a gift we didn't deserve. 
When we sinned against God, he could have been like, yeah, okay, we're good. All the best with that. But from the very moment, God's like, there's a plan in place to redeem and restore you and make things right in the world. God gave us new life in Christ. New life. And sometimes we just got, we, we, the reason you're like, why do I keep going back to that old, that vomit back there? Why do I keep going back to those old habits? It's because you're not sitting in your reality that I am new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So when that old sin comes knocking, you're like, no, I'm good. We don't live there no more. That's where victory comes from. Sometimes like, I can't win. Yes, don't worry. Let her say amen. It's all right. We have new life in Christ. God, do you know this? God gives you provision every day. Every day. Even the people who hate God right now are breathing because of God. It says, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Everything. Today you're here because God's like more life. Everything is from God. God is giving new life to others. Again, sometimes we look at the dark world, we're like, is, any, is, any, is, anybody, is anybody changing? Is anything going on? Oh yeah, the spirit is at work changing and rescuing people. And when you get the glory, trust me, you're gonna see it. And God will give us full life in the end. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, this full life that you're gonna receive in the end, every chapter will be better than the one before. You think you're living good now. I, I, sometimes I, I wish I could like explain, like, you know, give you a, a picture of heaven, but I can't. But I, what I see is everything is going to be right and work right. You're going to be with your king. Don't you ever get jealous sometimes when John's like, I laid upon the breast of Jesus? I'm like, what was that like? Just to be with Jesus all the time to talk to him, to hear him express the affection and the love that he has for you. Every chapter is gonna be better than the one before. Why? You will be with your king. You will be with your savior, the one who loves you and only does right by you, even in the difficult stuff. Only does right by you. Jesus made all of these things possible. And now you're like, how, do I, how can I express my gratitude? You can express your gratitude to God when you pray. God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you promised to do. You can express your gratitude to God in when, when you sing. Now, here's, here's a chance for me to encourage our church. Everyone who comes and visits here, do you know what they say? They're not like, ooh, the preaching's killer. They don't say that. That's all right. That's okay. It's all right. You're like, is it all right? It is all right. It's okay. They say the church loves to sing. And honestly, week in and week out, sometimes there's only like 40 of us in here and you're just lifting it up. And it's right and it's good and it's pleasing to God. It's a, it's a way we express. I'm grateful. So I'm going to lift. What did Hassan say last week? Even if you can't carry a tune. I'm sometimes in the back over there like I can't sing, but I'm doing it. Because why? God's happy. God is pleased. You're using the voice that he's given you to bring him the glory he deserves. So you lift your voice in song. You express your gratitude also by the way that you live. 
God, I'm grateful for what you have done. I'm grateful for the way you've changed me. So I'm actually going to obey even when it's hard. I'm going to do the thing that you're calling me to do because this is a way that I bring you glory and I please you and I live well in my life. Verse 38, it says that she is a prophetess. She had a ministry and she fulfilled it. You didn't catch it, did you? It says that she went around and she was telling all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. She is telling it on a mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And what, what you realize here is, right, Scripture is always telling you, gospel proclamation and the spread of the gospel belongs to men and women. Amen. It's a job given to both. And as a church, we want to be a place where that is happening. Men and women together spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you got to see here is Anna, she talked about the Savior. She talked about Jesus. And this, this word redemption, see it here? And she, she come, coming up at that very hour, verse 38, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. That word redemption, do you know what it means? It means to secure the release of a person by payment of a price. To give yourself for somebody else. That's why in Matthew 28, Jesus says, the son of man came to give his life as a ransom for many. And what she does is she speaks a prophetic word about what Jesus has come to do. To give his life for you and me. And as what she's telling you is Jesus is your substitute. The baby in the manger is the one who's going to hang on the cross for your sins and resurrect to show that your sin is covered and paid for. The baby in the manger is the one who has come to atone for us. The one who has come to deliver us from death by dying. Born to die. That's why the old hymn says, he paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. Oh. Don't, let me say it again. Yeah, okay. I can run it back. I'm good with it. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. All for you. People in the temple were waiting on a savior. You know what Anna said? He's arrived. Here's where you are. The people in your world and culture are looking for a savior. Our job is to say, it's Jesus Christ. They're looking. Sanjay, you can come now. Looking for a savior. She's, she's, you're waiting? All right. I want you to know redemption has arrived. The baby has been born who's going to save us from our sin. You are looking. You're looking sometimes within yourself. You're looking sometimes at some politician or some other person or whatever it is to be the savior. But I'm telling you because God has moved me by his spirit to walk over here and courageously tell you that the person you're looking for is Jesus Christ. And he will change your life if you actually settle yourself and believe by faith that he has done all that the scriptures say. And then now you're sitting there and you're like, Marv, don't we do that every year? Don't we every Christmas get our songs, 
get together, spend four weeks talking about Jesus, telling people that, you know, here's the real reason for the season, telling people here's what Christmas really means. Don't we do that all the time and then they just ignore it? Over and over every single year. Sometimes I'm like, here we go again. Christmas is coming up. We're going to go through the routine. We're going to do it again. I'm in that spot sometimes and no one's going to believe. They're just going to go on stressing about money and gifts. Did I get the person the thing they wanted? Is the thing I'm going to give them going to make them happy? Are they going to be disappointed? Their schedule is overpacked. They're dreading that cousin that comes and talks all the time and drinks all the eggnog and eats all the rum cake. They're like, again and again and again, we're going to do it. We're going to do it and nothing changes and then they just move on to the new year they drop the ball in new york and everyone's like happy new year they kiss and they hug they pretend like everything's all right and then we just go the next day right back to sinning and doing nonsense don't we do it every year every year and it seems like it's making no change that's how it feels because it's true. But here's a thing that is also true that you got to hold on to. You need to keep talking. You need to keep the name of the Savior on your lips. Here's why. Because the Holy Spirit is working and moving and you do not know at what point that he will turn the Christmas lights on in the mind of a person to say, oh, that is the Savior. That is who I'm looking for. That is who I need. Jesus is the King. You don't know when God's going to be like, right now, come in from the kingdom of darkness and come right into the kingdom of light. And so what it takes every year as you keep doing the same thing over and over until Jesus comes, what it takes is faith and belief that the Spirit works and that He saves and rescues people through your and my faithful witness. It's about faith and belief. And it's also about love. Do you love the people enough in your life who are lost in sin, who are on the cycle of the same thing over and over, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find joy? Do you love them enough to look at them like Anna and says, you need the Savior who has come, and I love you enough to tell you that the thing that you're doing with your life is a complete waste of time. But there is a king there is a savior who loves you and the moment you trust in him your life will never be the same again i'm gonna be straight with you your life's not gonna get easy because jesus i don't know if you know this doesn't call us to easy he calls you to better he calls you to dependence upon god he calls you to a life where he takes you, turns you inside out so that you are walking in the right ways. Be honest. Be straight with it. Keep talking. Yes, we do it all the time. But God can change your life whenever he wants. So be like Anna. Stay close to God. Give God the praise that he is due and keep the name of your Savior on your lips that is the way to live I don't know if you're going to live long but if you look at this woman's life another good 
godly woman in scripture, if you look at her life, what you see is that when we follow her example, her example, we can live well. Let's stand and pray. God, we give you praise for the things that you tell us and show us in Scripture. We thank you, Lord God, for the good and faithful examples that we have. We thank you, Lord God, for this woman who went through a lot but lived well and shows us a way and ways that we can live to bring you glory and praise. And God, I pray that you would help us by the power of your spirit to walk in the things that you have told us, to apply them now from your word. And I pray, God, that before we go, we would take this moment to express our gratitude powerfully to you in song because of what you have done in our life, what you're doing in our world, what you promised to do when our Savior comes again. And so we pray, Lord, as we sing, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. Give us the power and the strength by your Spirit to tell others that he has come, and he's coming again. But there's time now to get on the right path, to get on the road to victory by placing our faith in him. Please help us, we pray. Thank you for the word, God. Thank you for carrying me through it and helping us to, to sit under it and be shaped by it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.